It's episode 13 of No Dad Available. It is our Game of the Year uh, podcast, so we have a few extra people today. We have Tash, as always, and then also we have Jeff and Joe and Steen. And say hello, guys. Hello. 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 It's a regular party, and we're all naked. That's right, as per tradition. This is our naked Naked Game of the Year podcast. Probably the only one in existence. I, I dare IGN to do their podcasts in the nude. Yeah, what IGN? What? Yeah, yeah. What's up, GameStop? Bring it. GameSpot, whatever. Ugh. GameStop, GameSpot, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Naked GameStop would be an interesting shopping oh. experience. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, boy. Just five minutes before that was shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll pre-order, I'll pre-order. Just put it away. I'll just, uh, I'll just get it delivered from Amazon, thanks. <laughs> Ooh, okay, wow, that started off. That started off strong. <laughs> so, I um, game of the year. We have some things to talk about. There were a lot of we games do. that came out this year. We have our list. Usual. Everybody has their list of the games that mm-hmm. they've played this year, and mine has two games on it because I've played Minus two three, games so. this year. I didn't we have time, to, like, and nothing really like. Stuff. Yeah, we were busy. Yeah, like. <laughs> So yeah, so we have our lists, and we have a few different categories that we're going to talk about. So, Tash, what do yes. you want to discuss first? Let's do the big one first. Let's do All Game right. of the Year. All right. So who wants to start us off? Jeff, I think you do. Go yes. for it, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, go All right. On. My Game of the Year, Saints Row 4. Oh, word. Oh, bold I, I probably threw about 30 hours to 40 hours in that game with this big, dopey grin on my face the entire time. Yeah. It, I, I had so yeah. much fun playing it, and there was not a moment that I hated in that game. I'd agree with that. I'm, I might have to go with that as well, as much as I love Tomb Raider, and I haven't quite finished Saints Row 4 yet, but it's, I've never laughed so much playing a game, and yep. it's such a great time all the time. Every, anything in the Saints Row world, like it's just so funny and so clever and really witty, and I will say that sometimes the, the combat and thing sometimes those mechanics can be really frustrating uh but i have enjoyed pretty much every single moment playing the game and tomb raider is i mean obviously it's it's actually the only other one on my list um (laughs) but that was a close one you have to say something else yeah Yeah. saints Row 4 is a type of game that you've got all of these other games that are trying to be you know game as as art or uh, they're trying to have some sort of serious expression of the medium, medium, and to have it mainstream. But Saints Row 4 was a game that you could just put into your console or your PC or whatever you were playing it on, and just have fun because mm-hmm. it was an enjoyable. It was something that you could relax with, and it's really surprisingly a game that is just you can play to have fun. And interestingly enough, that's so rare these days because all the other games are trying to make a a point or trying to tell a message or. Saints Row 4 just wanted people to have fun with dildo bats. It, the, here, here. The, the entire human race was wiped out in that game. Let, let's True. That, you know, and <laughs> yeah, Which is such even an afterthought in the whole game. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, and by the way, when Earth blew up. Like, yeah. No one even seems to care. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I couldn't stop laughing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah every, everyone on the Earth got killed. Right, right. Everyone's dead. Oh yeah, that's Jeez, true. Like, you had to bring down the room. <laughs> oh. 
But we were still having fun, that's the thing. That's true, yeah. you can notice. I love how you can just have fun being a total psychopath, like, or sorry, puckish rogue. Puckish <laughs> and that you can do it to all in all the different types of environments. Like you know, you can once you finish the game, you can go back and play it in the uh, Pleasantville town, or you can play it in you know other areas that are in people's dreams or whatever. It's just so much fun. <laughs> They're like Instagram filters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like Saints Row Four Noir, and everything's in black and white, and it's awesome. Oh my god, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Christine, you did the review for that one. Yes, I did. Yes, you liked it very yeah. much. <laughs> I, I did like it very much, but I wouldn't call it my game of the year. Um, what, what is your game of the year? She's going to steal game. mine. You can have the <laughs> well, same game Cash, of the year. Cash, do you want to do it? No, you go for it. I'm, I'll be a generous host. <laughs> okay, my game of the year has to be The Last of Us. I feel like if I had played that, it probably would have been my game of the year. Have you played any of it? No, I have it. I was going to finish <laughs> Saints Row 4 before I started playing it, and then I haven't finished that yet. Yeah, I, I, I can't really start like... a game before I finish another one. I just well, can't. Yeah, it, it's definitely worth playing. It's like I liked it for a lot of reasons, and mostly for the story. Every time I sat down to play it, I would just tense up the entire time. I was physically exhausted from playing it, but it was still so good. I, I, I liked it. I, I liked the environments. I loved the story. It's just any time I got into the combat, I was just, I was just like, all right, just what, what's the button I need to press just to go on to the next spot? That's the thing. I love stealth, stealth games, but uh. for some reason, the combat with this just didn't click for me. Was it, uh, was combat very, since I haven't played it, is it, is it very Naughty Dog-like, very kind of Uncharted feeling? Uh, they put Not more really. stealth into this one. Yeah, they put more stealth into this one. But having said that, because I don't like stealth games, I didn't play it stealthy. And whenever I found enemies, I just, like, blew them up with Molotov cocktails. So, uh, <laughs> it was okay for me because I just, the way that you can play it is that you can lure other enemies into a group and then just hit them with a Molotov cocktail and you watch them all burn up in flames and it's fun. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but the interesting thing that they did was because uh, The Last of Us is a game where you have a companion with you pretty much the entire time, uh, they had to make it so that if you're in a stealth area and your companion you know, goes out of cover, the enemies couldn't spot that companion. So they've done it so that only you trigger enemies to become aware of you so that if your your companion is running around in the middle out in the open they'll never actually be spotted so uh, your companion is not lydia from skyrim no <laughs> no <laughs> but your companion your way. no she just, she never gets in your way but the way that they tell the story uh you learn a lot about yourself as uh, your character joel through uh the eyes of ellie and the way that ellie um responds to you so it's a very interesting storyline and i think the storytelling especially was done exceptionally well in the last of us and the storytelling through the world was done well in that you learned a lot of things about yourself as a character and the world by interacting with uh in uh, it, uh objects in the environment, which I liked. Uh, and interestingly enough, you could have a totally different experience. Like I played through it and then I went up to Christine's and watched her play through the first couple <laughs> of hours. Uh, and she did a lot of things differently to what I did. And, um, you know, we had different conversations going on. So I thought that was nice. 
one of the, absolutely one of the best things about The Last of Us is, like Dash was saying, was the world building. I mean, anytime you pick up a handwritten note of people that were going through the outbreak, it's just, oh man, I am so ready to be depressed right now. <laughs> All right, I'll pick it up. Okay, I'll read it. That's cheery. It's a, it's a very heavy world, and it yeah. deals with very emotional things. And the way that they tell the story, by the time you finish the game, you you are actually emotionally spent because you've been on this journey with the characters. And for for somebody to experience that in a video game, you know, it, I just think that's exceptional. So it, it's that would be the reason that I would give it my game of the year because I didn't have any other games that made me emotionally drained uh, than The Last of Us. I remember when it was initially um, initially marketed and I, things were taking place in, in Pittsburgh and I was really excited oh. because I grew up near Pittsburgh and yes, every time I mentioned Pittsburgh and that it was in Pittsburgh, every single person that has finished or played the game goes, oh my god. You get, oh my God, Pittsburgh! Like so, yeah. because I haven't played it. I don't know what happens, but I'm guessing that it's it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty rough, right? Pittsburgh shows the worst of humanity in the most callous <laughs> and cruel way that you can imagine. When Kardashians are in the game. <laughs> it's just Pittsburgh. It's just, Pittsburgh. There's nothing different about Pittsburgh. It's just Pittsburgh. <laughs> Wait till you play it, Jen, and then we'll talk okay. about Pittsburgh. Yeah, and if you and if you need to spoil if you need to spoil anything that's okay I I feel like there's a statute of limitations on spoilers and I have probably it's probably passed uh, for this game for me so no if you are I'm going not to spoil spoiling anything, it okay, no, I was, no, but if you are going to spoil no, anything just for our listeners I would just say spoiler alert yeah I've already talked hey guys hey guys spoiler alert Pittsburgh's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Pittsburgh's a bummer. I could have no, told you that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with the story is that you kind of know where it's headed and you kind of know what's going to happen, but the way that it happens always surprises you. Mm. Like, um, mm. say some people are going to die during the story. It just happens in a way that still shocks you. Mm. That's, Not that people that's, die in the story at all. No, no. no. <laughs> sure, but they don't. Uh, and they all live happily ever after, right? I, that's totally. the game. Yeah. That's everybody's game of the year. Where they, that's the a last spoiler, Joe. Where everybody yeah. lives happily ever after. Uh, it was Joe. all a dream. <laughs> Joe, what is, what is your game of the year? Uh, my game of the year is uh, Tomb Raider. Nice. For sure. Ooh. Excellent Ooh. choice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's my runner-up. This game uh, brought back a lot of feelings about uh, about games that I kind of lost over the past year or so, uh, with so many, you know, big releases going, you know, being disappointing, and you know, all the drama with Mass Effect, and then Halo Four, and then uh, Bioshock. Uh, I, I felt really kind of down on games. Like everyone was going for these very, you know like you were just talking about Last of Us, like these very emotionally draining uh, experiences. And uh, Tomb Raider, as depressing and horrifying as it is, is at its core a very hopeful story, I found. Um, it, And it really brought back a lot of old... Like, it really made me rediscover what I loved about games. Like, just that, that, that thrill of, of finally reaching, uh, like, 
an area that you that you could see but you can never get to and how can I get up there you know I, I got to find you know and then you find something that that lets you get up there like those it remind me of those red doors in Metroid you know like how could I get past those doors and and that thrill of discovery really uh, connected with me the uh, progression of the the weapon upgrades and uh, just the way you, you kind of build your character over time uh, you, you know Laura starts out very much the victim kind of helpless you know lost in this wilderness and she just eventually you know becomes you know kind of the you know conquer this island and uh, I really really uh, enjoyed you know watching her progression through the story a lot of the themes of it really uh, hit home for me like that how she fails over and over and over again you know spoiler alert you know a lot of her, like most of her crew gets killed in these horrible ways and yeah. uh, but like she never gives up you know she's always driving forward and and, and uh, uh, you know rising at, it, she keeps getting knocked down she keeps getting back up and uh, that that feeling of uh, of wanting to be set free you know the, the whole I, I, I don't know have, 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 has everyone played it yep. I don't want to give not. away I don't want to give away the ending or anything, but uh, no, go but, ahead, man. It's an end of year podcast. It's my fault for not playing it. <laughs> you played so many other things. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Tomb Raider was next on my list. I don't know how to how to phrase this well. I phrased it well in my head, but you know, now that I'm trying to say it, it's probably sounding like gibberish. But there's this duality, I think, between um, Himiko, the you know the, the trapped spirit that's causing all the chaos on on the island, and Lara herself. Of how like both want to be kind of set free because Laura you know has that whole thing of, of you know of her father kind of looming over her mm-hmm. and you know she's failing and and uh, you know she can't kind of escape this you know expectation of her you know to be this person and uh, Himiko doesn't want you know to be where she is all she wants to do is is escape you know and uh, I, I just I liked the connection between. Uh, Lara and uh, you know the protagonist and the antagonist. That's um, interesting. Yeah, I I, I actually hadn't looked at it that way, but that's actually a very interesting way to look at it. Why didn't you it's... review this, Joe? Sheesh. <laughs> well, I, I like I didn't play it for a few months until after it came out, and uh, but the, the the greatest thing about this game is that it had it has an unbelievably satisfying ending. And, like yeah. my game of the year a few years ago was Portal Two probably the best ending to a game I'll, I'll ever see but this one is right up there like the last hour of this game I was on the edge like like literally on the edge of my couch because it was so intense uh, this this, this final trying she's trying to get her friend back who keeps you know getting getting captured this is <laughs> friend of hers after so many games where it had this real bummer of an ending Bioshock and Mass Effect like all, all those other games that are really you kind of just at the end you're like oh well, all right. This it's like like I, I couldn't wait to play it again. You know, like that, that it was the first time in a long time where like I didn't want the game to be over. Like, this was this going. was a game for me that when I was playing through it, I ended up like jumping off up the couch and like going, "Yeah!" and like freaking <laughs> out, like just being so happy whenever like just something awesome would happen, especially <laughs> toward the end. And it's great. And it's one of the few games that I think that does really well with quick time events. Yeah. But they were so harrowing and awful to do because if you missed them, she just died in like the most horrific ways oh, imaginable. God. It was so terrible. But um, but going back to like your uh, your weapons upgrades and things like that, like that 
I never usually felt like that was going to be something really cool or game making for me, but it was just so cool when you kind of pick. Well executed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like if you wanted to choose the bow and then you started bow and arrow upgrading, and then it's like, what? I have like grenade bow and arrow. What? Like oh is, yeah, everything yeah, is both. explosive. You're, they're all like exploding, <laughs> and like you take that bad guys who kidnapped my friend. And that was yeah, another the thing bow I really was liked. Good. Yeah, it was. I know, and that, that was the other thing I really liked is it was. Um, it was this. It was so much about the friendship between these two women, um, yep. throughout the entire story, and you don't really get to see that a lot. Um, but it was just, it was, it was brutal. And anytime you did something good, like you just were really rooting for her the entire time. Just like, get up, get up, baby girl. Let's go. Like, (laughs) how how about that scene where she gets the the grenade launcher and she just starts blowing the shit out of that temple. And that's, that's right. Run you bastards. I'm (laughs) going to get all of you. Like, Oh my God, that was, that was the best. And you're right about the friendship. You know, like she's not, some lone marine trying to wipe out an army. You know, she's just trying to rescue her friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 it's, it's very intimate story. Yeah. Uh, which which I which I really uh, enjoyed. Excellent. And and Tash, you played it too, and and you too, Steen, right? Yes. I played some of it. I haven't finished it. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Because you played it right after you played The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah and it was really it was disappointing for me. I was like, eh. How come she can't make all these other things that Joel could make? <laughs> well, apart from the story, I really liked the gameplay of Tomb Raider. I thought the platforming was, like, really well done. Like, it didn't do any of that crazy Assassin's Creed thing where you're hanging off a ledge and then you suddenly <laughs> jump the opposite direction. And I really liked the weapon system. I didn't think I would, like, you know, switch up it. It has a way of making you switch up between weapons that you wouldn't normally use. Like, I would normally go for, say, a pistol or something like that. But sometimes, like, the combat really made you, you know, think more strategically about using different weapons. And I really... It was a good bow and arrow. Like, it, they actually made it useful in exploring the world rather than just using it as a weapon like so many other games do. Hmm. Yeah, it was like a Swiss Army knife. It could do everything. Yeah, it was. And there was a lot of challenges and different, uh, like, secondary objectives that you could do and achievements that you could get. And you know, as you were saying, the exploration and discovery kind of thing, where you would find, like, you'd find a really cool temple, mm. and go in, and there would be some, there would be some sweet loot. Yeah, it was fun, and it's it's a shame that Tash only played it after playing The Last of Us. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. I enjoyed it until The Last of Us came along, and then The Last of Us was just The Last of Us, <laughs> and Tomb Raider was Tomb Raider, but not The Last of Us. <laughs> Tomb Raider. So, so we've gone through our our games of the year. Yes. So, we wanted to talk about the DLC of the year because games with downloadable content there's stuff that came out in 2013 even if the games were older i wonder what uh <laughs> what most of us are going to pick here can i start can i start <laughs> yes you can start <laughs> uh i'm going to pick the citadel dlc from oh. mass effect 3 huh. i know it's a surprise to everybody <laughs> because i like to keep my love of mass effect very close to my chest and i don't broadcast it often no. But I, oh, I do have to admit, 
<laughs> I do have to admit that I loved the Citadel for what it was. A lot of people were very afraid that they were going to be upset because it was, you know, the, the swan song for the Mass Effect series or for Commander Shepard's story. It was the last DLC camp coming out for that. People were a little bit concerned that it was going to be very sad, that it was a goodbye. But it, for me, it ended up being a celebration of what makes exactly. Mass Effect, the world, the characters, the storyline, just such an amazingly immersive and touching story. Um, it was a celebration of all of that and of course it would be remiss of me not to mention that as part of the DLC the Bioware team did put in our safe game Mass Effect squad mate cocktails yes, they so did. of course being slightly biased I'm going to say that I loved that <laughs> inclusion it totally worked with the DLC and that DLC was the best DLC I've ever played in my life I am gonna agree with that and say that I love the DLC just because it was it was such a, they called it a love letter to the fans, and it really was. And it was, it was kind of everything that you might want for whatever reason, uh, all in one kind of, I guess the term you used, a swan song for, for this kind of thing. And it was very hopeful and very, and very fun and just very, you know, it was good for all the characters to get together and, and, and uh, have this DLC because the ending even like no matter how it ended for for everyone it could have been a huge bummer or even even some of the best endings were not exactly like you know amazingly uplifting and like and then they lived happily ever after you know so so it was nice to have this as kind of the final goodbye uh, from Mass Effect uh, and I mean how could we not how could we not pick this because they make our drinks like Stuff that we wrote in the game. is in the game. Like yes. stuff that we are part <laughs> can, of the franchise now. Yes, I can officially. never ever. Yeah, and I can never ever convey or communicate to somebody who hasn't, you know, who doesn't know me very well, how much it means. And I'm actually getting teary now, oh. but how much it means to have that in the game. It's just so spectacular. It's and incredibly <laughs> special. Yeah, it I'll, is. I'll never forget that day. This, that was one of my top memories of all time. Like, it blows my mind. Like, I can't even... It's amazing. And the drinks are pretty good, too, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Patrick and Karen Weeks. Yes. Jeff, did you have a, a different DLC in mind? Well, no, and as speaking as somebody that didn't have any uh, um, say in the drinks at all, uh, I would still say that the Citadel DLC is still my favorite. Uh, <laughs> so you can't accuse me of being biased there. Um... <laughs> It, it was just, it was a great capstone, you know, after after the thing with the ending, and I, I really, I, I just didn't like the ending, and after Omega, which was kind of, uh, and yeah. Leviathan, it, it, you know, it, it was so great to have something to be the, the, the final say in Mass Effect that was, or Mass Effect 3, that was just, it was great all the way around, and it was, yeah. I mean, it's complete fan service. But it was everything that just, it reminded me how much I loved the series. Yeah. And uh, I, I, had a, I had a great time with it. It was great seeing everybody again, pretty much. Christine, are you, uh, are, are you in the same boat? Is this a unanimous thing, or did you have a different Yeah, it's pretty opinion? much unanimous. <laughs> it has to be Mass Effect Citadel. So there you have it. Uh, Save Games <laughs> official DLC of the year is obviously the Citadel DLC from Mass Effect. 
runner up we... is the uh, runner up would be the wolf skin for the dog in uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's like horse armor. It's like oh, horse it's armor awesome. from Oblivion. No. It's a freaking wolf. <laughs> it's a freaking wolf. <laughs> it's a proper wolf. <laughs> it's an army wolf. All right, so there both were wolf. there were there were different other different categories that we wanted to talk about here, and um, Tash, you wanted to talk about what the the most overhyped game yes uh, that came out in 2013, and it could be something that you played or something that you were just so tired of hearing about or you know anything to yes that effect the most overhyped game i've got two that i can't really uh oh actually you know what i will pick one from those two to be to be uh, fair and that for me was assassin's creed 4 black <laughs> flag that's awesome because <laughs> it's just there was so much advertising for it and i understand it's ubisoft's flagship series at the moment you know it's their big draw card their big money maker and i understand that they want to push it forward so that it's doing good things but there was just so much blanket media coverage of that game and when i played it it's just you know it's fun but it's not I think they spent, if they spent the money that they spent marketing that game on actually fixing the broken mechanics of platforming and jumping around, it'd be a better game. So and for me, I, most overhyped yeah. was Assassin's Creed 4. And I am right there with you because I haven't actually played it because I didn't finish Assassin's Creed 3 because I totally lost interest because I feel like the best, I feel like it peaked at 2 and yeah. they should have moved on and made something else. Like maybe they should have made a pirate game years ago. Because you said you love the pirate stuff in the game. But yeah, it was just so like, Assassin's Creed, there's more Assassin's Creed. And it's like, yeah. It's the yearly the installment of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's the same Assassin's Creed that it, that it was last time. Like, and I think I got it. Well, I think I got annoyed from uh, about it because Assassin's Creed 3 came out last year and no joke, within I think it was four days of it releasing, they had trailers out for Assassin's Creed 4 Black yeah. Black. I'm like, really, guys? couldn't have left it for just a couple of days. I mean, it's a pretty poor taste. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Jeff, what do you got for... What was your most overhyped game of the year? Uh, most overhyped game of the year for me was Bioshock. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, I, I liked it. It was it was very competent. I, I would say um, it's still a very well-put-together game, despite having a lot of criticisms toward it. I, I just... I got tired of hearing how awesome the ending of Bioshock was. They were talking about that ending like months before the game came out. They were they were oh. hyping of of how it's going to change, you know, the way games are made. You know, this ending is so transcendent and like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joe said it best when he said. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not it's not that it's that ter- terrible of, a bad, uh, of an ending it, it it is it's a good ending it's just not as good as led to believe i mean it, it, is it okay if i can just say what it boils down to i mean it's i mean i'm parallel- probably not gonna play it so i don't mind spoilers uh, at all it's it's parallel universes i mean go to you know go go pick up some comics go pick up you know movies uh, it, just about every other form of media has a parallel universe story. So, so it wasn't as mind-blowing as... See, that's well, the problem with overhyping anything, is just... Yeah. 
you know, if you, you hype it yeah. enough, no matter how great it is, it's going to be like, well, it was not as good as I was expecting it to be. And <laughs> if if the drive wasn't there to, like Joe said, it's like it's going to completely recreate the way people think about video games, and it's it's going to be it's going to be a masterpiece. You know, it, it was good, and had had uh, had that not been out there, I would have been sitting there saying, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty cool." It's certainly it's certainly the best parallel world story that I've seen portrayed in video games. Just having that drive of being told, "No, this you're you should like this because that's that's what <laughs> smart people do." You know that that's you're wrong. Yeah, you're, you're wrong, wrong if you don't love this. Yeah. <laughs> Smart people love being sad. Apparently. <laughs> Smart people love being sad. Joe, sad you, is re- cool. you reviewed the game for... I did. I love the game. But I, I agree that the the, 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 this, the unbelievable amount of talk surrounding that ending, which, you know, it, it, it did what it was designed to do. It got people talking. It created a buzz. Um, but it just... at the At that key point, where they've spent the whole, this whole game building up this relationship between those two characters, and they just pull the rug out from under you at the very end. And you know, I get it. I get what the game's supposed to say. You know, I, I, I've, I've <laughs> you know, we, we don't have to go into all of this, but Jeff's right. It was, it was this huge buildup to be like this transcendent experience. It was just going to change the way you see games forever, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and it just, it, it, it just didn't. Like it was just. <laughs> Great, you know Ken Levine. That's he's a smart guy. Boy, he wrote a really twisty ending. That's great. He can't even, and he, and he didn't even have the balls to 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 end it the way that he wanted to. You know, they, they got to stick that thing at the end where ooh, could could it possibly be a, a happy ending after all? Oh no, 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 wait. Make you make up your own mind. That if yeah. we ever do a thing of like of like the most overused trends, it's the make up your own ending. You know, oh, this wow. let the player decide for themselves. So you spend you know fifty million dollars making a forty-hour game, telling us exactly what happens and telling this whole huge story, and then at the very end you say, well, you decide. You decide what happens. Like that is <laughs> everybody's bull happy then. Shit. Bullshit. <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> right? Christine, what about you? Um, I was gonna say Black Flag as well because I have a love hate relationship with Assassin's Creed. But um uh so I'm gonna go with GTA five. Like I haven't played it, I just see it everywhere. I I, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, I I had no desire to play it. I mean, I just feel like I feel like GTA is sort of. I'm sure it's great. It is a fun game, but I feel like it's been the same for years. Uh, and years does it and years. have Dillo bats? Because if it doesn't, then no, exactly. I'm not interested. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't. The problem with GTA is that now that GTA Five is out, it's got an online component to it, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that going on online for GTA Five was one of the most was the worst experience that I've ever had online and within five minutes of logging on and playing online with a bunch of random people who didn't know what gender I was who didn't know anything about me other than my my gamer tag I got death threats I got rape threats I got people who were just saying horrible things and and teasing and unrelenting violent thoughts that they were just spewing at me and I was like this is not good this is terrible and I will never ever play that game online now unless I'm with friends and that's just very sad yeah sounds like a great community yeah full of 
wonderful people who make the video game world respectable and a fabulous yep. place to be. Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, if if you're not if you're not in a private session with your friends, it's just it, horrible. It's, it's it's horrible. Yeah. Did we talk about everybody's most overhyped? Yes. Yes. So so, so now we've got most disappointing. Yes. And I, I will start this one. Okay. My most disappointing game that I played in 2013 was Crisis 3. That game was just a whole bunch of, look at this wonderful new thing that we've got, and look at all the things the suit can do. But when you boiled down that game, it was still run into areas, shoot people, and move on. It didn't do anything new. It didn't do anything inspiring. It was a good game, but it just didn't offer anything new. So it was my most disappointing. Uh, mine is a game that I haven't actually played, but I watched you guys play it for two hours on one of our teapads, and that's Remember Me. Because I really, really wanted that game to be great for so many reasons. Just, I don't know, I admit there's, because it's a female protagonist, I was really, I was rooting for it. I thought, this is cool! You know, and then and then there was so, there was some hype about it, and I was thinking like, okay, this sounds like it's going to be a great game, and it was one of the ones that I wanted to purchase like on day one. But I think I think maybe I had to make this. I don't know. I didn't play a lot of games this year, obviously, um, but I wanted it to be really really good. And then like a week after it came out, I wasn't hearing anything about it anymore. Yeah. Like, everybody stopped talking about it, and I guess it's it it seems like it's one of those like okay games like kind of middle of the road kind of like eh, I could play that <laughs> kind of things but I was I was hoping that it was going to be much more what about you Joe jeez I don't I don't know if I have one that I was disappointed in like um hmm well we'll uh, come back to you Christine all right. <laughs> okay my most disappointing game was Fuse um, there, there was a lot of um, hype around that, you know, it's a shooter, it's from EA, I figured it'd be like at least half decent, but, you know, after playing it, like, through the whole thing, it was kind of boring. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was another That's one pretty was much like... it. Like, it, it wasn't terrible, but it was just, you know, exactly that disappointing. It's just, there wasn't anything special about it. Yeah, could... Can I pick a DLC for my least, for my most disappointing game? Yes. All right. Are you going to say the wolf skin from Call yeah. of Duty Ghost? <laughs> no, that. It's a wolf, Jen. It's a real wolf, <laughs> and, it's, and, you, and, you, and you can like tell it to do things, and it'll do it. It can like rip people's throats out and stuff like that. It might, it might do the exact same things as the dog, but it's, it's a, it's a wolf skin for the dog. Essentially, it's, like a dog it's... wearing a wolf suit. Essentially, it's just melding uh, Call of Duty with the Game of Thrones franchise, correct? You right. Just get a direwolf skin, you're yeah. good. Exactly. No, I would, I would say uh, uh, Burial at Sea would be my most disappointing mm. because oh, yeah. it just I w there was so much hype around it. We were waiting for so long for it, and uh, I don't know. Is this is this like an hour or two of just combat of just you know the same old combat from from Bioshock, yeah. which I thought was like the weakest part of the game. It was the same old stuff, and it was in Rapture as well, and some of it just didn't work well together. Like, they had, you know, those skyhook things, and yeah. you, 
you're like flying around inside an underwater city. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> and they, they yeah. tried to, and they didn't, they, they called Vigors plasmids, but they weren't plasmids, they were Vigors. They were just renamed. And just, it was, but, uh, it was well, weird. that's what they were called in um, the original Bioshock 1 and 2. Yeah, but you didn't drink them though. Like you like injected them into you, and it was really cool. And and like they just kind of copy and pasted the vigor thing from Infinite into Rapture instead yeah, of instead true. of remaking it. You know. And, yeah. And then, and then there was a and then at like the very end, the last minute, they drop all this plot on you, this huge like tsunami of plot. And you're like, wait, wait, what, what, what just happened? Like, it was what, all within what? ten seconds, and you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> It was. She's right. It, it it was literally like ten seconds of of, just, of unbelievable plot, and like you waited two hours to have all this stuff happen, and it was just yeah. It was meh. <laughs> I like that. I like that our disappointment is usually communicated with eh, meh. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. And Jeff, what's yours? Well, I, I feel like I need to qualify it a little bit uh, because I, I still think it's a great game. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of uh, time I spent enjoying it, but GTA Five, I I was hoping that it would be better. I, I was hoping that some of the things that I did not like about GTA were cleaned up, um, and it was just it was more of the same. It was still good. I still liked it. It's still very high on my list, um, but there are just times where it's like uh, I I want to be doing I want to be doing something more fun. I I, I want to play I want to play another game. Yeah, that's what I want to do right now. It's like and I'm it, playing a different game right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's it just anytime when I anytime when I had to drive from one one place to another, anytime I had to engage in and uh, and some random combat. Uh, anytime I just had to hide from the cops because I accidentally nudged a car, you know, it, even though even though it doesn't mm-hmm. take much to run away from the cops, it's just all right. Well, it's just something that's slowing me down right now, and I just I, I. But again, I like the game. I enjoyed it. I like the story, but um, I like the idea of splitting up across three protagonists, but. Um, I would say I expected more. I expected better. So I, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that too. We expected like, better, Rockstar. I, <laughs> yeah, Rockstar. <laughs> I expected yes. after after like how many years it, the series has been around? What since nineteen ninety seven? Mm-hmm. I I expected there to be a, like a, f- a female playable character. Yeah, what's up with like, that, Rockstar? They they brought in three characters and. They're all dudes, and and <laughs> what's the deal? Like, I don't know. I, I it just, that struck me as odd that they they made a big deal out of out of having three characters, and still after all of these games, they still haven't had you know not only a a playable female character, like an actual like female character who isn't you know either. Crazy or a raging bitch, you know. Like it's like they're they're all these like all the women in these games are just like caricatures. It's and very all- interesting, Joe, because I don't know that 
if for GTA, you know, in the GTA world, if Rockstar is capable of writing a nuanced female character who isn't a stereotype, who isn't just there to further the male's plotline, they've proved yeah. that they can do it for Red Dead Redemption in that world, you know, when they had Bonnie, who was mm -hmm. a very fascinating character. But in the GTA series, if you want to go back to GTA San Andreas, when they started sort of the open world type thing, the GTA Vice City, GTA, um, uh, GTA 4 and GTA 5, going back across all of those games, I can't point to a particular female character and go, that is a nuanced character, that is a character who has her own strengths and weaknesses, who isn't a stereotype and who isn't there simply to make the male look better or to be the love interest or to be protected by the male. And it's very interesting that, you know, I can say that about the GTA series and I'm hoping that they can overcome that and they can show that they can make an interesting female character within that world, but I don't hold any hopes that they can. Meanwhile, to that point, uh, in Saints, in the Saints Row series, there's all kinds of well-developed and amazing characters of both genders, and you know your boss, can, your boss and your president can be female. I'm actually noticing, like in all of the clothing stores and everything, that you can change the look. There's not even a whole lot of like ma male option for clothing. It's like yeah. all female <laughs> options. <laughs> oh, yeah, I played as a lady boss. Yeah, we still have one more thing we need to talk about. Um, best original new character in 2013 because we all like our characters here Jen you go first okay well I'm because you <laughs> stipulated that it can be that it can be a rebooted character that may I I'm obviously going to say Lara Croft because she was never really a character before now and I was a little skeptical when it was coming out like oh what are they gonna do with her like it's just, uh, I don't know I was just I didn't know how this was all gonna play out but it turns out her her development as a character through the newest Tomb Raider game is one of the things that made the game as great as it was because mm. when she starts out she's very relatable as um, an individual who is just kind of thrown into this situation and she she pretty much does everything that I feel like any one of us would have to do in that situation. You know, it's kind of like, like it's not easy for her. And she's there at times that she's crying and that she's scrambling away like very ungracefully and just, you know, it's just like she's not, this isn't her life. She's not a soldier. She's not a mercenary. She's just here trying to survive. And throughout the course of this, you know, she she kind of finds her courage and finds her strength to like what Joe is saying, like to save her friend. And you know, some of it works out. <laughs> some of it works out. Um, but yeah, I just think by the, from the beginning to the end of that game, she is such a totally different character and, and the progression is so good that I, I don't want to say I barely noticed it happening, but it was, it was very natural and very organic, and and I just, I just love it. So, Lara Croft for me. Yeah, I think I would have to agree with that one. Really? Yes. I thought you were, I thought you were going to go with a certain person from Bioshock Infinite. No, no, like she was good, but um, I was going to go with Elizabeth, but I think you know Lara Croft as you know a character and the whole story around her, it's the whole game around her, it's um, 
I really liked how they did that in Tomb Raider, like Jen was saying. It's it's a very uh, you know subtle sort of progression, and like Joe was saying earlier, the, I, I just the most memorable part of that game for me was her running around with a rocket launcher, going, "You run, you bastards!" <laughs> yeah, oh, it's such a it's such a just. This this unbelievably you know euphoric moment where you finally get to turn the tables on these people <laughs> who have just been just yeah. mercilessly beating the sh- out of her the, this whole game and killing her friends and like she finally gets to oh it's great so that's great Joe, you is she your character of the year as well for me mm-hmm. yeah 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 I I'd probably go with the same as Steen I w- it would it would be close between Elizabeth and uh, Lara but I'd have to give the nod to to Lara, just the, the way that that the character progressed throughout the whole game. Not to repeat what everyone else was saying, but um, there was this, there was so much heart in, in that performance, uh, and, and not only the voice acting, but you know the animation and her, you know, her face, and uh, just like Jen said, like sometimes she was running away, like she, like you when she's panicking, like you you can feel it, and uh, it, you just there was such a connection between. The player and and the character on screen uh, it was just, but she, she was very her own person, you know. Like all the decisions that she made, it felt like they were coming from within her, you know, like her like for, from you know this 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 spring of, of courage that she kind of slowly discovers, you know, throughout the whole game. I didn't feel like anything that she did was was forced, or or you know, or there were any kind of plot devices. I think you know the. the the way that she was portrayed through the whole thing was very organic and uh, very, um, very, very moving. Tash, you want to you want to take this, take the reins on this one, and yeah, look, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to pick somebody else. Uh, I'm going to pick just because I can, you know. Um, I'm exercising my editor in chief responsibilities here and providing a different perspective. Um, I'm going to go with Joel from The Last of Us. And this is because having played The Last of Us and, you know, you are Joel and you see the world through his eyes and a lot of the exploration is done not just through his eyes but through the relationship that he has with Ellie throughout the game. But even having said that, his character, who he is, you know, I just wanted to know more about him. I wanted to know how he, who he was between the events of the first 15 minutes of the game and then the events of the rest of the game. You know, what he did, who he was about. It was just his character is so intriguing to me that I think I, I couldn't go past not giving it to him. And there is a, a, a decision that he makes at the end of the game uh, and it's a decision that's out of the player's hands. Um, it happens as a result of, of what he discovers towards the end of the game. And it was a decision that I was sitting there as the game's progressing, hoping that he would make. You know, I, I was sitting there going, I know this is probably the wrong decision, but this is the decision based on the lead up to the game that he really needed to make, or I thought he would make based on the character he was. He made it. It totally changed the ending for me. I was so happy that it happened. And I just, I wanted to high five him through the television saying, yes, you probably picked the totally wrong decision, but it was the right decision for you and for the, for the game and for the relationship that you had with Ellie. So uh, I would have to go with Joel because he was such a badass, cool, awesome character who was also nuanced and was actually quite a very nasty person, but I liked who he was as a character. 
about you, Jeff? For me, it comes down between uh, Vice President Keith David, because he's Keith <laughs> David. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, Nick Ramos from uh, Dead Rising 3. Nice. Uh, <laughs> what did, what did and, you love about Keith David, aside from... Keith David. <laughs> they recreate the fight between Keith David and Rowdy Roddy Piper from They Live <laughs> yeah. in the game. From- uh, and then it, there's a there's a uh, protest going on, and where uh, Keith David's ideal self is leading a speech, and somebody's holding up a sign that says "We Heart Goliath." I mean, there, there's a, there's all sorts of nods back to his film career, um, in in the game. Um, uh, just the the one thing I wanted that they didn't do was uh, minute work. If if he if he was just the uh, supervisor for minute work for just a split second, uh, he'd have it. Otherwise, Nick Ramos. I kept trying to romance him in Saints Row, and he was not having nothing of it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. He wanted no part of what I was throwing at him. <laughs> Is there anything anybody would like to add to our Game of the Year naked podcast? No. Um, <laughs> I've covered it all. <laughs> covered. He's <laughs> <laughs> covered here. It, 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 was, it was still a pretty awesome game, year for games, honestly. I, I, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed everything that I've, that I've taken the time to play. Uh, even games I said I was disappointed in, like like um, GTA and Bioshock, there's they're still on my top ten list just because they're still they're still good. I still enjoyed them. Um, they just had a couple of things I didn't like, and they were pretty glaring. But overall, you know, this is a this is a year where you saw companies take some big risks, and especially a risk like Saints Row. You know, look, look at that. Look at that game on paper, and tell me that's not a risk. But uh, games like Brothers, uh, Dive Kick, you know, some some of the some of the smaller games, just still fun. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to 2014 because there's already what what with the new consoles uh, out now. Um, there there are lots of games that uh, I'm looking forward to, and so I'm hoping that those games will live up to what I'm looking forward to and they won't get overhyped as we talked about before like I don't want to I don't want to deal with the with the hype I don't want I don't want to be spoiled all right well I guess that's it and uh, so thanks everybody for listening and um, I guess we'll see you again in 2014 and we'll get talking about all those great things coming out then everybody say goodbye bye bye can I, can I get dressed bye. now yeah okay okay <laughs> fine <laughs> awesome, because it's kind of cold in here.